what was your what was your take on uh, how the how the team recovered from uh, Westbrook's disaster? I thought it was great. You know, it, it, there was like an inning or two where it looked like they were going to be the 2010 Cardinals. Yeah. Um. And you know, just kind of roll over and die, and like, woe is us, and whatever, you know, we'll just kind of throw in the towel. But then they had that big sixth inning, and it was like everybody was good to go again. Uh, I don't know. Man, so tough. uh, It's so tough, a six-run inning. That was hard to watch. I'll, I'll be honest with you. That's the first time this year, no matter, you know, the Franklin struggles or other things they've gone through, that was the first time where you you almost knew what was going to happen and there was no way to stop it, but you couldn't take your eyes away from it. Right, you know, and I went to the box score after the game expecting to see, and I admit I get kind of distracted sometimes while I'm watching the games, and uh, I, I went to the box score after the game thinking I'm going to see, like, six walks from Westbrook again. He only had two. Yeah. You know, it's just he couldn't get out of the inning. No. And and there was a one error on Green. It's it, it, There were plays that could they have been made, maybe. Uh, should they have been made, arguable. But he just couldn't get out of the inning, and, and guys were touching him. It's just... Yeah, he didn't give up the big hit. He didn't give up a lot of walks. He just it was just nibbling, nibbling, nibbling. It was it was hard to you know it. Ah, uh, uh, I I don't know I don't know you know we talked about this uh, episode zero point five if it was just because you know we don't have a lot of experience watching. Jake Westbrook throw or you know I still haven't looked up to see uh, some of his stats but then again it's kind of hard anymore you almost have to throw a lot of it out the window with the whole American League National League thing and I hate to do that but it, it almost does make a difference I don't know if it makes a difference for the Indians the Indians haven't exactly been a uh, dynasty in the in the waiting here except or it seems the beginning of the 2011 campaign, but I don't know if what we're seeing out of Westbrook now is normal, or I, I don't remember there being a lot of talk about him struggling this this spring. Well, I don't think he was doing great, um, but he certainly wasn't uh, as concerning as say a Garcia was during spring. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 hard to say. Joe Strauss posted on uh Twitter earlier that batting average against for Westbrook right now is like 360 or something. You know, that's oh, wow. that's obviously not going to continue unless he's headed for the worst like an Anthony Young type season. But yeah. Uh, you have to believe that's going to come down. 
and certainly between maybe Carpenter would be as affected, but if there's anyone who's going to be majorly, majorly affected by the defense and and the perceived downgrades in the Cardinals' defense, it's going to be Jake Westbrook. Everyone's exactly. talked about exactly. his strikeout numbers being up, and that's all fine and good, but that's not really the pitcher that he is. Westbrook's got to get the no. ground balls to succeed. That's why the Cardinals have coveted him for so long. And, again, I, I watched today, and it wasn't that he was doing anything egregiously wrong. He missed a spot by a little bit here, missed a spot by a little bit there, and guys were hitting him. And it, I'll get into this in a little bit, but it's kind of the same as my argument with uh, Franklin after today. Everybody jumped Franklin's case because he gave up another home run, and I realized that it's his job to get out, so that's why they bring him into the game. He shouldn't be giving up home runs. But if he doesn't have the four blown saves to this point, is everybody fired up about one home run? He threw a bad pitch. One bad pitch. There were others because he he issued a walk after that, but my point being, the previous batter, he was completely down, and, and I'm on the record on this on Twitter, every pitch he threw to Ian Desmond was in the was at the bottom of the bottom of the strike zone, right at the knees. Whether it was over the plate or not, at least he was at the knees. Nick's comes up, and he just grooved one. Um, yeah. And we talked about this before. We talked about this the other night. Franklin relies on his control and hitting spots and staying out staying out of the center of the plate to succeed. He's not going to blow anybody away. If he leaves a pitch like that out there and somebody centers it, it's going to be a home run. I say all this to get back to Westbrook. Again, I don't feel like he really got beat around today. He gave up seven hits, two walks. Yeah, it's bad for three innings, but... It's not like any, it's not like anybody was he didn't give up any home runs as I recall. I should recall. I mean it just happened a couple hours ago, but like I said, yeah, no home runs surrendered for for Westbrook. So they dinked and dunked him around the park. Um and if he hadn't had the bad outings previous to this, folks might shrug it off just like Carpenter's last or not last start, but Carpenter's start in Arizona. And he had a bad start. He comes back the next game and he gives up, you know, doesn't give up any runs. But when it becomes a trend, everybody wants to jump the case. And and in Westbrook's case, okay, even if nobody hit him hard, he still got tagged for seven runs. How do you fix that? Yeah, that's that's the... The hard part now is, uh, you know, how, how many more outings? You know, this isn't a Kyle Loesch situation. There isn't, as far as we know, there's not an injury. There's not a uh, underlying issue at, at at stake now is, you know, here's a guy that you were signed. You were, he was an innings eater. That was the whole reason that he was brought in. And, uh, uh <laughs> You know, it's uh, something's not working. That's that's why you employ the game's best 
pitching coach, but at the same time, the the hard part for me is the next time in the rotation, it's almost you're you're left with this uh, what what's going to happen? You know, is there is there going to be an inning, or is there going to be an an at bat where he gets to a, a 3-0 count, he battles back, he gets to a 3-2 count, and then after eight or nine pitches, then he walks in, you know. And <laughs> the, the hard part is, Nick, and, and we've been through this the last couple of years with uh, a few different pitchers. We don't want to overreact, but at the same time, we've, we've seen Tony La Russa leave certain starting pitchers in the rotation longer than needed. Uh, you brought up the name Lance Lynn. I didn't bring up Lance Lynn. You, know, you did. Obviously. <laughs> Not now. Last episode. Is there a situation where, you know, do, do the Cardinals, it's not like they can reshuffle anything in the, in the, the current this month, but you know, if you're Larusa, if you're John Mosellock, they made the hard decision. If it was kind of a hard decision, it really didn't. They seemed to make it a harder decision than it needed to be with Franklin. How many more times does Westbrook go out there before you finally have to say, okay, something needs to be done? Well, I'm not sure exactly what you're implying, but they're not going to jettison Westbrook and a guaranteed contract to bring up Lance Lynn. No, no, no. Now, no, no, the no, no. I'm not injury, saying that. No. I can certainly see. Um, <laughs> yeah, be the first. Probably won't be. Probably wouldn't be the last either. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. To answer your question, I feel like it's still so early in the season. And it is. Yeah. For a starting pitcher who's only going every fifth day, or in Westbrook's case, hey. Cardinals wound up making an interesting game, and now Westbrook's got his arm saved for Sunday to start on short rest. So maybe not all is lost unless he goes out and does the same yeah. thing Sunday. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that point is that they cut bait with a guy that they've clearly invested in heavily in the offseason. Well, and, and obviously I didn't make myself. I, I wasn't talking about getting rid of him. Uh, what are your options? What, I was what are you going to do with at? him? Uh, at least, you know, I, I guess my thing is, do, do you put any, um, stake in the fact that he's currently showing as the number two pitcher in nah. the rotation? Does that, you know, no. it doesn't to me either, but I'm wondering, because, because you know, with different psyche, teams having different matter? off days and the Cardinals winding up in a double header and rainouts here and rainouts there after the first week or two of the season, ones don't, ones rarely match up against ones anyway. Okay. And and on yeah, down the line, so I I don't really put too much stock in that. Um, besides that, I think we've all seen enough out of Tony Larusa to know that if he really feels like he needs to make a move to juggle his rotation to get a a matchup that he is anxious about out of a starting pitcher, he'll do it. He'll he'll. Oh yeah. He's got no qualms about. It, it wouldn't surprise me to see. And and this is going to 
go a little counter to what I just said, it wouldn't. It also wouldn't surprise me to see somebody. You know, I think PJ Walters is still on the forty man. It it also wouldn't surprise me to see somebody like PJ come up to take the start on Sunday night, um, with the team in a bind a little bit and and needing that start, just so that Tony could shuffle things a little bit. You know, Westbrook could probably go, being that he didn't throw that many just that many pitches today, uh, but that. That may also afford Tony an opportunity to bring somebody up from Memphis, take a spot start, and then shuffle the deck a little bit, uh, if for no other reason than just to to try and get a guy an extra day or two of rest and clear his head. Well, I hope it's not Walters because he's possibly the only pitcher in the. Uh, that's actually more question mark than uh, than Westbrook right now. But I, the correlation I was trying to make is they uh, between. Jake Westbrook and, and Ryan Franklin, if you had to make that hard decision, obviously you're not going to cut bait with the guy, no, but, you know, is there a situation where you do take him out and, and have him miss miss a start and just something? I, I, I hate to use that the phantom injury type deal, but it has been proven over the, the length of Larusa and Dave Duncan stay together that they are willing, they might, you know, We've talked about before over the years how they've been too loyal with certain people or they look for a certain type. But when it comes to pitchers, you know, they've never they've never hesitated to do what's best for the team starting pitching wise. Now in the bullpen, that's you know, that can be debated, sure. but it is early and sample size. You know, I I believe yeah, you know, I believe Jake Westbrook deserves the benefit of the doubt because he has proven that he's a quality major league starter and but it just it's a little worrisome that uh that it, it just seems like he's just very very hittable right now yeah i'm trying to remember what's that old saying uh gosh i can't remember it's something about something happens once or twice it's an occurrence if it happens more than that it's a trend yeah, i don't remember exactly. exactly how it goes i'm sure some someone can remind me but uh, yeah, that's certainly concerning. So now that we're uh, 15 minutes in here, we uh, we tend to operate this thing like a uh, like a sitcom or something, where we give the first segment before we do the intro every time. Oops. <laughs> or maybe now that uh, now that we're recording our own gigs here maybe we can work some editing magic but uh what did we finally decide to call this one this is uh, the uh the pitchers hit eighth podcast episode uh 0.75 or, or 0.8 for those of you that will round up uh josh and i decided to take an opportunity between the day night double header to further polish our uh, our return to recording our voices for everyone to listen to and uh, and continue to try and polish things up before we have the uh, the big party and, and actually organize something to talk about for uh, episode 1.0 but So now that you know that what you're listening to, 15 minutes into the ball game, 
<laughs> and we've sufficiently beat the Jake Westbrook talk to death. Uh, one thing that I did want to mention, Josh, and, and believe it or not, I again, as I continue to, to polish things up on this end, I actually wrote down some notes to talk about, and I think we were only going to chat for 15 minutes and we're already there, so maybe we'll blow through these quickly. But wanted to make mention of, uh, I'm sure folks have seen it, Twitter, Facebook, wherever it is. Uh, it may even be on the Post-Dispatch, I don't recall. Uh, what I'm going to talk about is in the physical paper Post-Dispatch, uh, Rick Ankiel took out a big ad in the Post-Dispatch today thanking Cardinals fans. It's his first time he's returned to Bush Stadium since signing elsewhere. Uh, you know, I, I was never a real... Ankiel fanboy, but I, but never really hated him. Uh, thought he was taking too much playing time away from Colby at the end. But class move by a class dude. Josh, I didn't have a lot to say about it. I just want to make mention of it because I thought it was a classy move. He's He's a guy that he has you, you kind of go through every different emotion with him uh it, you know he's he grew up if you will and i i you hit it on the head neck there's really nothing more that you can say besides that is a class act and it's a when you're dealing with cardinal fans and you're dealing with the cardinal organization that that's the one word that you hear no matter where you go and no matter who you talk to baseball people is the Cardinals are just a classy organization, and they they do things the right way. And uh, well, unless you're talking to you Reds know. fans. <laughs> well, we we prefer to leave them out of it, but uh, you know, uh, it is it is good to see that um, he hasn't forgotten where he's come from, and I think he realizes that any other organization, he probably would not have gotten the same opportunities that he has. You know, and and the fact that, good or bad, he was kind of a guy that uh, always was, along with Chris Duncan, um, blamed for a lot. And and it wasn't, I won't say it wasn't his fault. Nobody could have predicted what happened to him as a pitcher, but for him to remake himself and he's still playing baseball, you know, and he's still... He's got the he's got the best arm I've ever seen of any outfielder, and uh, you know that's what I'll go away thinking about. Rick Ankiel was the fact that he, to me, he played the game the right way. He, uh, you know, he could have definitely taken the money and run. He he could have done a lot of different things, but for him to do that today, that was pretty remarkable. Uh, he certainly come from a point where many wrote him off as finished and and made a heck of a career for himself so cheers rick ankiel uh most definitely um real quickly you know a couple more items just a a quick rundown of the box score for the cardinals and and i don't want to there's not really much to say about it but ryan terrio had four hits today four for five oh yeah Pretty impressive. He's taken walks again at a reasonable rate that he hasn't in past years. Um, so it's he's hitting 338, and it's it's not necessarily an empty 338. Uh, so that's 
that's great to see, in my opinion. Um, let's see. Pujols, another home run today. A couple of RBIs. Certainly looks like he's he's breaking out of his funk. Holiday continues to rip. Looks like uh, that appendectomy has left him no worse for the wear. Thank goodness. Fernando Salas mm-hmm. with a great outing out of the pen today, uh, proving that he can be more than a one-inning guy at the back end. Three solid innings today. I thought that was really good to see uh, for a guy who legitimately could have just as easily made the club out of, out of camp. They, they took Augustine instead and, and – in my opinion, Augustine's got to be worried about getting pipped. Um, Berkman, two walks today, continues to be an on-base machine. Uh, Colby Rasmus today was two for five. All five at-bats against left-handed pitchers. Colby, uh, I've been paying attention because I know there's obviously the history there with, with La Russa and and him sitting against left-handers or certain left-handers, et cetera, et cetera. Colby Rasmus, let me double-check just to be certain before I speak too loudly. Well, I, I will say that after his two for five today, Colby's batting 286 versus left-handed hitters this season, which in my opinion is just amazing compared to being a non-start versus left-handers compared to uh, his career average somewhere around 230, 240, I think. Maybe that good against left-handed pitchers. Home run today off of Lannon and wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of juice behind it, but another RBI hit off of, uh, off of uh, uh, who was it that came in in the middle of the game for Washington? Slayton. The, uh, mm-hmm. the loogie that was brought in just to get him out. That was a big hit in that rally in the sixth. Uh, Colby Rasmus is the only player other than Pujols, which we could expect, that has started every game for the Cardinals this season. Pretty impressive, huh? Well, I'd argue that it's pretty impressive, again, given the history. Um, I think everyone would agree that he's got the talent and and needs to be doing that, needs to be getting that experience. I don't think that anyone the Cardinals have on their roster currently should be taking at-bats away from him. But again, given the history that's there, that's remarkable to me. I don't really have a lot. I don't really have it's a lot re- else to add to it, other than, I mean, he's he's killing it right now. He is growing up before our eyes, if you will, especially uh, the growing pains that he had last year, and the fact that you you wondered. You know, you almost, you almost, for a little bit there last year, he's not having the at bats, especially versus lefties, that he did before. 
And I think more importantly than that, what we're seeing from him is a willingness to listen to everybody, not, you know, regardless of how you feel about the fact that he was still using his dad as a coach and, and, and everything that happened last year, he is, he's turning into the type of player that one is the perfect fit in the two hole in front of Pujols. And more importantly than that, he's, he's taking the most of, he's taking advantage of his opportunities and that's great to see, especially for a player that, uh, you know, could very well be one of the most important players given what could happen here at the end of this year going into the next couple. So we'll leave that at that. What's next on your agenda? Well, there's one elephant in the room that we haven't discussed. Of course. And uh, maybe Jake Westbrook, I, I say this tongue-in-cheek because I'm sure uh, Westbrook's not happy with his outing today, but maybe Jake Westbrook's favorite guy uh, <laughs> in St. Louis right now. Take a little heat off of Westy. Well, you know, unfortunately. Um, now I want to get your opinion, Josh, because I've been having, <laughs> I, I've been going round and round with with a couple of people yeah. on uh, on Twitter, arguing, not really arguing, just trying to. It's hard as it's hard as heck to defend the guy. He's certainly struggling. To say the least. The pitch today... One pitch. ...was bad. And it got hammered. <laughs> yeah. And he walked a guy after that. Uh, he was clearly not happy with the one pitch that got hammered, as evidenced by uh, what the... What the uh, Mike's from Fox Sports Midwest picked up. But he made some really good pitches, too. I'm not defending the guy. I, I don't think he should be the closer. I don't I don't think he's turned any corners. But he pitched a lot better today than other games that I've seen this season. I'll give you that. I'll, you know... Um... There is no way to know. I, I'll say this, and for the people that are out there that are going to listen to this that think that we have something against Ryan Franklin, the Cardinals did everything they could to bring him into a low-leverage situation. There is, there is no more low-leverage situation than what that game could have turned into, and the fact that the Cardinals came back and made it a game again is of no fault of ryan franklin they were trying to do what they said they wanted to do it just didn't work out the way the team had hoped but he didn't pitch as badly and he didn't look as bad there's no we're not trying to crucify the guy but what it basically boils down to is he, he just does not look as comfortable right now and he's not doing the things and, and nick you and i talked about this the the thing that I appreciated most about Franklin is he was put into a situation when he was made the closer that he wasn't accustomed to. But what he did 
that worked so well, especially with Tony's Cardinals teams, is he kept the ball down and he kept the ball in the yard. He didn't give up homers. He, you know, he didn't walk guys. He may have put a couple guys on, but they were getting a single or something, and he just got the job done. And that's just not what we're seeing now. And it's hard to look at that anymore and kind of say, well, you know, maybe he just needs. It, it's just not working. It's bottom line. It's just not working. And as uh, we discussed the other night. <laughs> Yeah, he depends on his control you, to get guys out. He's not stri- he's not going to blow guys away. He's not going to strike guys out. He doesn't have the big hook like Wainwright's got. He doesn't have the big fastball like uh, Brian Wilson or every other closer in the world. He depends on hitting his spots. And I watched one at bat today against Jason Worth in the sixth inning. That Worth ran the count full, and I was watching on MLB.TV, their little pitch FX window. Every single pitch was in the zone. It's going to be difficult for a control guy who depends on getting strikes on the black to get outs and to get out of innings if he's getting squeezed. Now, if he's that on the black, of course... The reputation that he's carried with him so far this season is going to push him towards not getting those calls. Greg Maddox always got those calls because Greg Maddox had that reputation. He's Ryan Maddox. Franklin's blown four saves this year and has gotten blowed up in every game that he's pitched in. Of course he's not going to get the close calls. I'm far from defending the guy, but... It's it's hard for me to sit around and take reading that he sucks, he hasn't improved, he's useless, he needs to be off the team. He's not useless, he doesn't need to be off the team. If he hadn't blown four saves to date and he gave up the home run today, everybody would be mad. But it wouldn't be as big a deal as it is. In my opinion. Again, I don't want him to give up any runs. But the fact that Franklin giving up a home run today completely overshadowed. You'd think that he was the reason the Cardinals lost the game. Folks completely have overlooked and forgotten about the fact that Jake Westbrook gave up seven runs in three innings. All earned. All earned. You know, we talked about Westbrook didn't look like he was getting hit around that hard, but he also doesn't have anybody to blame but himself. Seven earned runs. It's a tough spot, man. It's a tough spot to be in because you know his mental state is not well. And he certainly he got out of the sixth today uh, despite getting squeezed a little bit. Got his outs. Ankiel hit the ball hard, but he got his outs. Left that pitch up to Nix, and and he didn't. And and Nix didn't miss it to his credit. And how many times does a guy throw a great pitch that gets out of the yard? Yeah. So I maybe what I'm trying to do is talk myself out of getting so worked up about it. You think that's the case? Uh, 
it <laughs> it's possible it it you know is is definitely possible that uh you know unfortunately what the the cardinals have is a a few different dilemmas the good thing that they have is as I'm again sporting the t-shirt it's uh if it'll all kind of go away if Garcia is able to go out there and twirl another gem like we witnessed the the third the first Sunday, the third game. Certainly. If Jaime Garcia has every opportunity now to put game one out of uh, everybody's Certainly mind. looking forward to that, but uh, it does beg the question, and, and maybe we'll close on this. We all know how Tony operates. Eh, well, gosh, I don't know. He threw two innings. I was going to say, we know how Tony operates. Would it surprise you to see Franklin come back in the second game? As rubber-armed as he's been in the past, I would say no. The only thing that I worry about is um, what the situation mm-hmm. would be. You know, that's the that's the key. Not, <laughs> nothing would surprise me anymore, but at the same time, what we found out is the Cardinals are in a situation where they don't have a lot of bullets left when it comes to public. Uh, how should I put this? Uh, <laughs> the perception now is Ryan Franklin can do no good, can get nobody out, needs to be, I guess, sent to, you know, pick a city in the <laughs> far, far off wilderness. But as everybody has found out, that's not the way that Tony operates, and you kind of hit on the head. The greatest thing is the, the the Cardinals have a lot of games left to be played, and what I really want people out there that are hyperventilating into a bag right now is to realize that uh, we've seen this before. You know, uh, if anybody doesn't remember the Jason Isringhausen years as a closer, it's uh, it's not the end of the world. Well. Yeah, depending on how big picture you want to get, it's baseball. It's not the end of the world regardless, right? <laughs> oh, I might have well, to edit that out. Oh, <laughs> folks might not like that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to game two more than I am uh, a lot of games because of the fact that you hit it on the head when we started this off, Nick. Uh if, if anything can be remembered about episode 0.75 of whatever we're going to call this thing, uh, the Cardinals had every opportunity to kind of wilt away, and they didn't. And I'm actually excited not only that the fact that they have a game tonight, but there's also another game <laughs> very soon after that. Indeed, so, and one soon again tomorrow. So that's... Uh, there's nothing better than a lot of baseball, and uh, I really do think that uh, St. Louis is on the right track and uh, should be able to put up a good a good nightcap to uh, what could have been a disastrous uh, opening game of the double. There's no doubt about that, and, and, and I think that's a great way to close out .75 here. Josh, if nothing else, the 2011 Cardinals so far have been a lot more fun and a lot less ulcer-inducing than the 2010 Cardinals. 
You got that, buddy. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Nick from com. Josh has been along for the ride again, and once again we've blown past our scheduled time for ourselves. Uh, hopefully y'all are still listening. Hopefully we will be able to keep things down to a uh, relative... I don't know, say under three hours going forward. <laughs> well, that's why it's point seven five. We're still working out the kinks. Point point that's nine right. will be the one where we just cut ourselves off at whatever time we set before we started. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Um, go cards. Here's hoping for a winner in the uh, in the night game. That's it.